Hello and welcome back to the Utah Film Pod and welcome to 2023. My name is Josh Terry. I will be your host. I am joined by Mark LaRocco. Mark, welcome back. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. How are, how are things? I mean, I guess it's only been like a week since we talked. Yeah, but, it's only you know. been a week since we talked. It feels like a long time. I mean, we, we, we had a big a crazy party with a bunch of uh, couples and their kids and, uh, you know, it was... It was a late New Year's Eve party. A good cap to the holiday season. Yes, and then we finally got some snow. So I spent several hours cleaning driveways. Wait, wait. You finally got some snow? No, no, I've been I, getting snow for like two we've months. We've been getting snow, but I mean, this was some real snow. This was the most okay. snow I've seen in five years, probably. Really? Yeah. We, wow, okay. In Harriman, it was, it's, it's up to mailboxes with the piles that we've made. Wow. I don't know. Is it not like that, that in Davis big. County? Um, so we've been getting steady snow over the last, you know, week or two. Right. Um, a little bit before Christmas is when it really felt like it was piling up. And there's a particular place in my yard that I've kind of, I gauge it by and, um, it did not get to mailbox height, but it's, it hasn't been that high in a while. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I, I, lots of, uh. I should clarify. Lots it didn't, of moisture, it didn't fall as they to say. mailbox height, but we were there was so much snow to clear that yeah. the new snow thrower that we got it, it couldn't do the the depth that we had gotten to, especially with the icy berms that were packed by the in front of everybody's driveways by the snow plows. So all the snow that we were moving onto mm. the various like grass corners of our yards and the mailboxes were getting up to like three, four, five feet tall. Like taller wow. than a couple of my boys, so we had it's and it was on New Year's Day and then a little bit the day after, but it it was so much snow. Like I, we went to a hill that we like go sledding, where you know you'll see maybe fifteen twenty people, and on wow. January second, I we went there and there were about two hundred people. Ooh, it was a huge wow. park that has kind of a bowl. There's a lot of places you can sled, kind of all into yeah. the same valley. But it was so it was the most I've ever seen there. So nice. yeah, it was pretty fun. Pretty fun day. I need to, I haven't been sledding in a little while. There's a, there's one particular place. I don't know if you're familiar with Davis County, um, Mueller Park Junior High, the hill above the junior high is probably the best place I would vote locally for, because it's got a really nice, big, steep hill, mm. but then there's a really nice long stretch of flat afterwards. So you don't have to worry about like hitting things or running out of space or it's just it's kind of a nice combination for for some good clean fun yeah yeah but, uh, well it must be january if the most interesting thing we have to talk about is the <laughs> <laughs> but uh but uh, what's 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 going on movie wise with you did you did you see anything over the holidays um oh yeah we, i saw a lot of christmas movies uh i i saw lots of our year-end movies kind of catching up you know like okay. everything everywhere Great. all at once uh banshees you know in the last couple of weeks um yeah. i saw do you think he would change any of your votes for because because you know with our last episode we talked about our favorites of the year yeah have you seen anything since that episode that would shake up no your rankings at all do you think no and partly it's because i didn't end up seeing a, a, too many after that that are actually 2022 mm. releases like i i okay. saw the new downton abbey movie that's just a couple of years old and um, I saw a, a 2020 Tom Hanks movie, so I, I wouldn't change my votes from, from what we went through. 
Although I, I, I wasn't fully clear on what your votes were. You, did you ever come up with an actual like one through uh, 10 favorites or? You know, I tried. You tried. I, I, yeah, I, well, so, and I believe we did this before, certainly before our last episode and maybe even before the previous one before that. But we had our year-end UFCA vote, the, the Utah Film Critics Association. And, and every year you have to submit a ballot um, that covers multiple nominees for a number, you know, like a dozen different categories. And, of course, one of those is like the best, you know, best movie of the year, best picture, whatever. And I, I remember that I, I had Maverick down as number one. And I think I had Banshees down as number two. And then beyond that, I mean, I think I nominated uh, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. And uh, oh, what else might I have had in there? I'm trying to remember if I put Glass Onion. Um, you know... Say something to entertain the folks while I look up and see if my because I might have a note on my phone still. It depends on whether I deleted it or not, and maybe I can fill things in a little bit. I mean, um, like normally, it's hard sometimes to come up with a list, right? Because I know some critic critics that actually won't. They'll just if they can get away with it, they'll just say, "Here are my ten, and it's alphabetical order." Yeah, like yeah, ten movies I have to list, and they're in alphabetical order, so I don't have to pick yeah. one. Yeah. Or they'll say, well, I have a favorite, clear favorite, and then right. here are nine other movies that I really liked, you know. Well, and uh, that's, I would I would probably say that I felt more the latter, mm-hmm. except instead of movies that I really liked, it was just movies that I liked. Hmm. Because really beyond Maverick and Banshees, everything else was just pretty good for me. Yeah. And I remember we talked on the last episode about, you know, cause Steve, Steve sales was with us and he also kind of felt a little more ambivalent about, uh, um, everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, good enough to nominate good enough to acknowledge that, Oh yeah, there's some really cool things happening here. It's very creative. It's very original. It's got some fun performances. Um, but, and I don't know if maybe it was just because so many other people, um, uh, because I believe that was the one we, we wound up, picking as a so so after you submit your your ballot to the critics group we have a meeting um which i had to attend remotely because i had some conflicts that day um but uh we have a we, we all get together and then we vote on kind of the the top nominees right mm-hmm. so so i'll turn in my five nominees for for best movie everybody else will turn in their top five and then we'll see who has the most votes and create like the finalist list and that's what we vote on like a week after we turn in our ballots okay and and um everything everywhere all at once was got the winner. best picture yeah uh as i as i recall it took most of the awards it, it seemed to be kind of the kind of the default unless seriously moved otherwise this is the one that is going to win yeah right it was it was kind of and and like i say i I totally understand why that would be because it's a very unique movie. It has a very, very distinctive personality. Um, but you know, maybe it's just because of the enthusiasm of some of the other critics, but I just didn't 
get into it that much or as much, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I thought it was good enough to say, oh yeah, no, this is worth putting on a ballot. And I have absolutely no problem with them, you know, saying this is our movie of the year. Um, but it, I wouldn't put it on my own short list. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe, maybe the top 10 list for the year, but, uh, for me, it was really Maverick and Banshees of Inishirin and then everything else. There were, you know, I enjoyed Glass Onion. I enjoyed the outfit. Uh, I even put Emancipation on here. Hmm. Uh, Unbearable Weight of, ma- of Massive Talent. Uh, there were n- a number of fun movies, good movies, but well, beyond those top two, yeah, like it, it almost doesn't even seem worth ranking because I just I don't really have a distinctive preference once once I got past the the big ones i need to see a few that you guys have mentioned i haven't seen the outfit that's on my list and then steve that was a fun steve like she said white noise marcel rrr i haven't seen any of those um Um, marcel i would definitely recommend yeah that one yeah that that was a fun one Uh, that one was uh and see what's what's interesting too because you asked me like what my my top for the year and and we have our our subcategories where you know there's there's kind of I think more often than not, unless unless something is just so good that it just really kind of breaks breaks those barriers, mm-hmm. you kind of have all of the domestic releases for the best movie of the year, and then the animation category and the foreign film or the non English speaking are categories of their own. Um, and we thought of Marcel, which I think won best animation, but I can't remember exactly. Um, but Marcel the Shell, um, I would definitely put on one of my top movies of the year. In fact, maybe even like top five now that yeah. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Um, and then there were like four different foreign films or non-English speaking films that I, I really liked. None of them quite enough to say that one is awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah. I think I, I think I said that Close was probably the best of them not because i enjoyed it the most but probably because it affected me the most oh okay yeah yeah i mean the the style and execution and atmosphere of decision to leave and broker the two uh south korean films were both really cool and i i i kind of enjoyed them more as as movies but then close was such a kind of emotionally uh significant film that it was it's hard to pick against it because yeah when when i think about what affected me close was the one that affected me um and then uh you know, like i said the the other two from south korea and then uh i think you and i were talking before about um hit the road was the one from iran mm. that is also really cool you yeah know? definitely definitely worth checking out i mean i I, I wouldn't, if I was really forced to make a top 10, I would put any of those four on the top 10, but they would all be a distant backseat choice to Maverick, Maverick yeah. and Banshees of Inishirin. Yeah. So I, I guess that's, I guess that's why I didn't bust out an official articles because I just didn't know how to. I'm excited to see to do it. how the Oscars are going to shape up because it's such a weird year and there's some growing buzz for Top Gun Maverick. It's, yeah. I think it's certainly going to be nominated so. for a lot of Oscars, um, at least Best Picture and a lot of technical Oscars. And um, yeah. 
I think Banshees will get a lot. Everything ever all at once. Maybe Tar. Um, but yeah, it, I'm I'm just curious to see what what's gonna what's gonna get up there. Because like for example, Fablemans, which sounds like Oscar bait, it just doesn't generate excitement the way you think yeah. a Spielberg right. autobiography would. You know. Um, yeah. And it's not making any money. It's kind of bombing at the box office. Um, yeah. I think it's at like $12 million, which if you look in Spielberg's that's career, all. that's one of the lowest outputs he's ever had. So anyway. That, that would that would have been low 30 years ago. Yeah. I mean, and this is 2022. 2022. Where yeah. it's a little skewed because you have all these either superhero movies or Top Gun Maverick and then everything else. Like right yeah. now, a lot of these sort of prestige movies you know, artsy movies aren't doing well at all. And every year, usually there's two or three. That's because they're not good. Well, but uh, maybe they're not. Usually there's a couple, you know, every year they're (laughs) not only prestige movies, but they're also, you know, crowd pleasers in a a way. This year, I feel like I don't really think there are any, which is maybe why everything everywhere all at once, which it was a hit for, you know, relative to its Mm -hmm. budget. Maybe that's why that seems to be the front runner. Well, and that one came out almost a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was a long time ago. I mean, Typically, we're talking about a, a dozen movies that that just got released arbitrarily in the last month so that they could be voted on. But yeah. I mean, a lot of the, I mean, other than other than Banshees of Inisherin, the the ones that we're you and I are talking about came out months ago. Right. You know, I mean, it was it was last spring for for Maverick, and I think it was a month or two before that for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Maybe I I could be off there, but. It definitely wasn't a November December release, which is usually where we find our pool of mm-hmm. oh here here are all these exciting buzz movies that yeah. uh, you know yeah every, just uh, everything it just it's such a weird movie it's hard for me to see it winning but it, I don't know it could it could win a bunch of stuff it's just it's unique and it's different and it's it's definitely you could we'd see why some critics love it. Um, but I, I don't sure. know. It's I, I don't know even know how to categorize it. Um, now, which maybe is appealing. So, maybe that just saying that alone will make people want to see it. You know, I think I think you pay a, a lot more attention to this than I do. So I'm going to cut in with a question. What uh, what is what kind of money has Avatar been making? Oh, has it been doing Avatar? This is kind of surprising. So worldwide, it's killing it. It's already at 1.5 billion. Um, in the U.S., it's not doing the numbers that they predicted, surprisingly. Okay. Like, um, But the crazy thing about it is it actually made more money the third weekend than the second weekend um, okay. in the U.S., which is really rare for a movie, especially a huge, giant, big budget, big opening, 4,000-plus yeah. theater opening. It actually made more money this past weekend than it did during Christmas weekend, which partly can be explained by maybe they're just people that don't go to movies on Christmas Eve, you know, Christmas Day. But still, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, it did better by a few, by three or four yeah. million. So it's already, um, they say it's, so worldwide it's already passed up Top Gun Maverick. So in that sense, it's the yeah. number one movie of the year. But domestically, it's still behind like Top Gun Maverick and I think Doctor Strange 2 and Wakanda Forever. Um, okay. But the numbers it's it's doing, it's going to pass those two, like within the next yeah. month or whatever. It's gonna it's gonna pass those number two and number three. So it's doing really well. I, I still need to see that. I haven't seen it, but I'm gonna see it yeah, in theaters. Yeah. I just think it's <laughs> you'll be fine. I, 
I know you didn't like it or you didn't love it, but I'm, I'm going to, I, I want to have that theater experience. So I'll, I'll see that one. Sure. Yeah, no, we'll, uh, we'll look forward to that. And then, um, you know, maybe it's, it's not going to happen in this episode because we have much more important things to do, yes. but, uh, and speaking maybe of, in the next, the next episode or two, right. um, we'll go over some of the, the 2023 releases, uh, which I'm, I think I'm feeling kind of, not that this is going to surprise anybody who's been listening to these, listening to this podcast, but I'm, I'm feeling a little apprehensive. I, I came across a video on YouTube yesterday. Um, I, I periodically will watch videos from this channel called what culture, which is out of England, I believe. And they do a lot of top 10 lists, you know, it's, it's just kind of fun Buzzfeed type of stuff, but like in YouTube video form. And, and I watched one last night that was, I think it was the top nine movies for 2023 that looked terrible. And That's funny. it was, oh man. Yeah. It did not, it did not leave me excited I mean, there there are definitely movies on the list that I am interested in seeing, but if these are the big ones of the year in terms of the the release schedule, it might be it might be kind of a a tough one. Well, so we'll see how that goes. I I think part of doing this this job, like do, doing this, you know, podcasting about movies, for example, is yeah, you got to learn to enjoy the schlock. You got to learn to enjoy the just lap up the stuff that's maybe not as great or find the fun, you know, uh-huh. the fun in it. Um, cause I, I think I will, for example, I'll admit that I sometimes kind of like emotionally manipulative movies, movies that are just meant to like <laughs> bend or mess with your emotions. I'll be like, all right, I'm here for it. I'll, I'll do it. I'll sit for okay. this, you know, and other people <laughs> I know it's like, they get so mad at a movie that's intentionally, that, that does that. And, and sometimes, and I, I admit there's sometimes I don't like it where I just like this too much or it's just too, too fake or, or it's just trying to, you know, it's too contrived in a way that, that doesn't feel genuine maybe. Um, or maybe if there's just nothing else to it. Right. 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 Like yeah. I, there's, there's nothing wrong with tear jerking moments in a movie, mm-hmm. but if that's all it's doing and if everybody says, Oh, that was such a, an amazing moving movie. Yeah just for that and even in, in spite of the fact that the story and the characters and everything else just kind of sucked yeah. that's annoying uh, yeah i mean right I, I always say like you you do you do suspend your disbelief usually to enjoy a movie maybe even any movie because you always are, yeah. know you're watching a movie you're aware you're watching a performance um that's designed to elicit some kind of reaction or provoke some kind of emotion in you yeah but like sometimes it goes too far you're like i can't suspend it this much you know um, but yeah, so, anyway. well, I, uh, I think that there were lots of schlockbusters last year <laughs> and I anticipate lots of schlockbusters this year. So <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll jump headfirst into that. Like I say, probably, you know, maybe next episode or the episode after that. Um, in the meantime, I saw a new movie for 2023 already. Um, well, kind of a new movie. It's, it's a new movie and it's not a new movie as you know. Um, so a man called Otto is, uh, is, is my first new release for 2023. Uh, it stars Tom Hanks, uh, in basically in his grumpy old man role, 
if you if you remember the movie from wow thir- what 30 years ago with uh, Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon the two the two grumpy old guys the the, the best friends the fr- you know frenemies um, so so Tom Hanks I guess has gotten to that point where he is he is now playing the grumpy old man on the uh, on the block who he, he basically lives in this in this small uh, community of I guess they're townhomes and he's just very very nitpicky and and wants everything done his way and hates the, how everything is changing and how people are behaving and all this kind of thing and um, the reason I say it's it's new and it's not new is it's actually a remake of a foreign film um, that was called A Man Called Ove, which I want to say has been on Amazon Prime for a while. And so there's a good chance you've either seen it or seen it scroll by as you were looking for options. Um, both of these movies are based on a book. So the, originally it was a book uh, by Frederick uh, Backman called A Man Called Ove. And uh, so anyway, long story short, this is the this is the American uh, 2022 adaptation of the story um, about a a grumpy old man uh, who at the beginning of the movie, he's uh, he's basically getting ready to check out. Um, He's he's been forced into retirement at work and his his wife has already uh, passed away a few years earlier, and so he decides to commit suicide. Um, it's a PG-13 movie, but it is it is kind of dark, and there's there's some kind of some regular uh, heavy dark scenes. Although I mean, it's, it's certainly not pushing the PG-13, but it, it's it's definitely not a, a kids movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the midst of trying to hang himself, uh, the neighbors, the new neighbors, move in and uh wind up distracting him and it's this this young couple they have a couple little kids and the mom is just a sweetheart and she's always you know making food for people and just you know she's the new one on the block but she acts like she's you know uh got to take care of everybody else and i guess that's one of the things that is a little it's kind of a weak spot in the movie is that you can pretty much guess what happens from here Mm. Um, yeah. this, this is not a movie that has a twisting and turning and surprising plot. Um, it is carried by its lead actor and some of the supporting actors. Uh, this is, this is a Tom Hanks feature. Uh, his, his performance as auto is what drives the movie. Um, and this is, this is his journey and I would give it a solid three stars. Um, it's a, it's a sweet movie. It's like I said, it's got, it's got kind of a dark theme, right? Like, I mean, his, his uh, the place where he is at in life is is not pleasant, and and he is on the verge of taking drastic action, and uh, but but because of that, it's a very kind of redemptive movie as well, um, and so I mean that's I guess that's why I would say three stars mm-hmm. is that it uh, it's not going to surprise you, it is going to charm you, um, not just Hanks but uh, you know the uh, the different different people in the movie as well like because there's a variety of neighbors that he inter- interact, interacts with there's primarily the uh you know the, the the couple that moves in across the street with the kid with the kids but then there's a number of other um uh neighbors as well and it's just yeah i mean i i would say it's probably better than your usual january release <laughs> in the sense that january is usually not 
a time to get great movies. That, um, that's low this praise. Isn't quite, well, that's what I mean. It's like, it's a movie that is really good for January, probably not quite good enough for Christmas. Um, but if you want to get out of the house and see something that's going to be uplifting, that is going to make you feel good about life, and you haven't already seen the foreign version and wouldn't rather just see the foreign version, then this is one that I would definitely recommend at a, at a three stars out of four level. Is that, uh, yeah, I mean, does that make sense? I understand what you're saying, and I haven't seen it, so I can't really speak to yeah. it, but I, I have seen the original, A Man Called Ove, the, the 2016 movie. Um, it's a Swedish movie, and okay, yeah. it was a pretty big, I mean, it was a sleeper hit. It was nominated for Best Foreign Film, and um, I, it's so hard for me, and as much as I love Tom Hanks, it's actually kind of hard for me to imagine him playing that role that this Swedish actor played in, in the foreign film where it is quite dark at least at the beginning and it's a guy who's Mm -hmm. given up on life and has seems to have his reasons i mean the movie gives him plenty of reasons for it um but i mean it it seems in some ways so against type for tom hanks Mm -hmm. um but you know i I do think he's a great actor i think he has a lot of different types of roles but just that particular and maybe it's just ruined for me because i did see the the swedish movie um And I also agree with you. I think if it follows the same plot line, it's a movie that pretty early on you can see where it's going. It's just how is it going to get there? That's the suspense right. probably is how how is his heart going to change and how is are all those people around him in his little neighborhood going to affect him? And so um, I, I liked it. I thought it was a cool a cool movie. And I've never read the yeah. book or anything, but I like the, the original version. I also, yeah, I also like the original. Like I said, it's it's been long enough since I've seen it that I don't remember a lot of the detail. Um, but I, I remembered it enough that when I saw this listed, I thought, huh, Man Called Otto. That sounds like, oh, did they just remake the Man Called Ove? And, um, you know, it, it definitely has some good things going for it. I think I think you would appreciate it if you, you know, if you get the chance to see it because it, it doesn't feel like Hanks is playing against type too much in this. It's, okay. it's a very... You know, it's been it's been adapted to to his strengths, and and it feels it feels in step with what what with what he is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I mean, it's 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 modernized in some ways, and it definitely feels like it is prepared for uh, you know a, a modern audience. Um, and you know, it's not even just it's not even just the the Swedish original that makes me kind of question the originality. Um, it reminds me a lot of a movie from, I want to say 2014. I can't remember exactly, but it's called St. Vincent. Does that sound familiar to you? I, With Bill I've, Murray. I've heard of that. I haven't seen it, but I remember hearing yeah. about that movie. Bill, Bill Murray, uh, he plays, he plays, uh, now I don't believe he is a widower in St. Vincent. I think his wife might be alive, but in a, in a care center, mm-hmm. but he's basically kind of like this. Again, he's kind of the, the grumpy old man living on his own. Um, and then he's got new neighbors next door. It's a single mom. Uh, she's got a, she's got a little boy and one thing links to another and he winds up having to kind of babysit the boy periodically because, you know, mom's working late as a nurse and, and all this kind of thing. And, uh, and so it's very similar where he's this, this cranky, really rude, awful guy who is redeemed by his association with, other human beings, mm. um, which I guess there's the spoiler for St. Vincent, but 
again, these these movies, like he's, I, maybe you put it best. It's not a question of what's going to happen so much as how right. it is going to happen, and yeah. that's what and and built on it's built on the strength of Bill Murray. It's built on the strength of Tom Hanks, and and that's that's what people are going to come for. And so, if you are a big Tom Hanks fan, I would absolutely recommend this because you know. It's, I don't think it's going to go down as, as his finest work or anything like that, but I think you will enjoy it. Okay. Good to know. You, you, you agree. You're, well, okay. I, I think I probably you're, you're will accepted. end up seeing it because I do see most Tom Hanks movies, and unless they're like sort of bottom of the barrel, I, he usually picks good work, good good, good roles, and I'll, I'll probably he end does. up seeing it. And I, I also he saw does. a Tom Hanks movie last night that I haven't seen before. Yeah, you said you saw one of his ta- his twenty twenty movies. Yeah, so he um, came. He he actually wrote the screenplay. I didn't know this until yesterday for this movie called Greyhound, which is a World War oh. Two movie that was supposed to be released in theaters in July of twenty twenty, and we all know what happened then. And so he um, it got shelved. It kind of became a COVID casualty uh, because it didn't have a theater release. It was sold to Apple TV. Um, and I, I've read that it streamed well on Apple TV, um, and, uh, and and supposedly there's even a sequel in the works, which kind of surprised me because it's just not a movie I ever hear anybody talk about any anytime. Yeah, right. Um, and it was I thought it was okay. I mean, it was I, I the things I liked about it is it was a very very tight sort of no nonsense, no fluff, jumps right into the story, ends right at the end of the story, ninety minute movie about a. a a naval captain. He always he plays captains a lot. Um, it's based on a real life story. <laughs> yes, he does where he um, has to kind of lead a convoy of four ships that are sent that are there to kind of protect all of these merchant and troop ships crossing the Atlantic in 1942, only a few months after Pearl Harbor, like after the U.S. Okay. gets involved in the war, and they're helping all these ships from other countries, like Greece and England and Canada. And so he um, he's the one in charge of the whole operation, kind of, at least on the ground or in the water, I should say. And the thing that I thought was kind of funny about the movie, and I'm sitting there watching it, and my wife's kind of in and out of the room watching it, is it's one of these jargon movies where almost every line of the movie is like somebody barking orders to somebody else or telling somebody about what's what the, what's on the radar or how close the submarines are because that's really what the 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 antagonists of the movie are these german u-boats that are attacking the ships and so Uh, hanks uh, his captain uh i can't remember the name but he he's in charge of like figuring out ways to attack to to evade these u-boats to evade their torpedoes or to drop depth charges on them or to tell the other ships how to get out of the way and and so it's a lot of sort of cat and mouse back and forth strategic you know, war planning and, and so much of the movie is just, it's kind of hard to understand. I mean, you get it, you understand it, but like they use a lot of terms that you just have to figure out from context, what they're talking about. Um, and it doesn't really bother to explain things like it doesn't need to. Hmm. Um, and it kind of makes you want to read the book because it's, it's based on a book from the 1950s that apparently Tom Hanks read and adapted. Um, and so I thought it was pretty good. And I thought it was sort of a, like a, a classic dad movie. I don't know if you've ever heard hmm. about like dad movies where there's sort of like a set of guidelines of what makes a dad movie. And it's like, is there a heroic dad-like figure? Is it a historical event? Is it based on a true story? Is it generally told in a linear fashion? Not like 
a bunch of crazy like flashbacks or nonlinear type storytelling? Um, is there lessons learned? You know, and it's kind of one of those movies that I think, you know, that dads enjoy. I'm a dad, but you know, like, um, <laughs> sure, it was enjoyable. And I, I guess I would call it, you know, like a three star type movie. Um, not really special or exceptional in any way, but just kind of a good, good little thriller. Nice. Um, so yeah, it was that was a fun one. Well, cool, and uh, kind of puts us on a Tom Hanks theme, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. um, maybe we'll continue that theme, and uh, should we turn this into a draft? Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's do that. Let's uh, let's have a Tom Hanks draft. Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking we do seven movies each. Because that uh, there's, I, I think there's some significance in cultures that where seven means completion. So instead of doing, because ten, ten almost seems like, like too long. Because we don't want to just name the movie and move on. We want to be able to talk about it a little bit. But if we talk about twenty movies, that's going to take forever. And we're already pushing the patience of our dear listeners. Um, five seems a little too short. Five, you know, five each. That's, that feels like we're just kind of getting started. So let's let's do let's pick seven each. And uh, so I went first last time, right? So isn't it your turn to lead Did, off? What was our last draft? Was that? Um, so. That was um, no, was it Spielberg? Christmas movies. Oh, it was Christmas, Christmas movies, movies. Because I, I mean, I know that when the draft, when I chose first, I chose Christmas Story. Oh, okay. Then, so then yeah, that I was So I don't it. think we've done a draft since then. Okay, so I go first? Okay. Yeah, so you'll go first. Right. So, I mean, kind of same, same concept as before. Um, I mean, this one should be pretty straightforward because we don't have to worry about produced versus directed or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, what qualifies or what does, I mean, it's whether he's the lead actor, whether he's a supporting actor. Um, I don't know that any are going to come up where he's just a cameo. Like he doesn't seem like he does a lot of cameos. So I'm interested to see where this goes because a lot of my favorite Tom Hanks movies are not his biggest movies. Okay. So maybe we'll have a yeah. set of independent lists here. So this could, yeah, this this could be one of those things where we wind up both getting most of our favorites. Okay. All right. Well, let's do it. I'm ready. Let's see. All right. You are up. You are on the clock, sir. Okay. So I uh, might one of my favorite all time movies. So it's not a hard choice for me because it's actually one of my top 10, 10 or fifteen movies ever. So I'm going to go with Forrest Gump. Um, which is the 1994 uh, Robert Zemeckis directed movie uh, where we, we, it's, we go through um, several periods in U.S. history from the 50s until the 90s. The movie was made in 94 and it pretty much goes up to present day. Um, and uh, it's one of my favorite Hank's performances as well, um, just where he plays... Uh, uh, kind of a mentally disabled man, not physically, because he can really run fast, as you learn in the in the in the movie. Um, he meets a lot of U.S. presidents. He starts a helps start a shrimp company. He goes to Vietnam. He's a war hero. Comes extremely wealthy, and he seems to do it. And the movie talks about how you know, kind of the general theme of the movie is: is this something that he things that he is intentionally or deliberately accomplishing or is he just kind of like a feather in the wind like you know uh, -huh. uh just being able to kind of be in the right place at the right time and be blown about and um but it's a really like kind of an unexpectedly 
sweet and charming movie. And it's it's a weird thing because I imagine that the elevator pitch for the movie, and it sounds like it wouldn't work. It sounds too absurd, like too ridiculous. Yeah. You know, like, right. oh, this one guy, this one like guy that has an IQ of 75 that somehow is involved in all of the most important events of American history of the last 40 years. You know, it just, it just sounds goofy, but it's, right. it works. It really, really works. Uh-huh. And, um, and the Oscars loved it too. It, it won the, you know, all the big ones, picture, director, actor. Um, I think it had the most nominations that year, uh, which was one of the years that we talked about as one of the great movie years in history, you know, with, yeah. with, uh, like Pulp Fiction and Shawshank Redemption and a lot of those good movies. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my clear number one. Cool. No, that's that, and that's one of the bigger ones that was on my list, which makes me think, okay, maybe I should choose another one of the bigger ones first, <laughs> because otherwise, otherwise, I'm just going to have a list full of obscurities. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, no, Forrest Forrest Gump was great. That was, you know, I I don't know that I would. I don't rank it as high now as I think I did at the time. I remember really loving it when it came out, possibly because I was spending a lot of time in my teens listening to like 1960s Vietnam oh, rock. I was just going to mention and, that. And the Vietnam scenes are really fantastic. They're amazing. Um, I... And the, the, the wall-to-wall soundtrack in that movie you know the the big double CD that yeah we played at the I worked I worked at the warehouse mm-hmm. the music store and we play it over and over and over again and I you know and even even the double CD only had about half the songs in the movie mm-hmm. but that was yeah that was a good one I I agree with you in fact I think I heard that I saw that movie at the perfect time musically as well as as cinematically because yeah I was just getting into the Beatles and and hearing of Creedence Clearwater Revival and Jimi Hendrix and The Doors. I mean, that was when I was 16 turning 17. And they're all on that soundtrack. And e- even The Doors, yeah. like when you watch the movie, there's four or five Doors songs in a row and they only put one on the the two disc set. They put Break On right, Through. Right. Um, it, it is. It's just chuck full. I, I don't know how much money they spent on the, on the music rights budget, <laughs> but it had to be a lot, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, in fact, one of the... I think maybe one of the reasons that I might might be most disappointed to not have this one on my list is because I have now a personal association with the running scene. So so towards the end of the movie when he starts running back and forth across the country and mm-hmm. eventually winds up outside Monument Valley at a place that is that is now officially called Forest Gump Point. Oh. Uh, there's a there's a really scenic iconic straightaway that uh, leads into some some of the kind of the the Monument Valley mesas and butte formations in the in the or along the horizon, um, and people go and take pictures there all the time. And I've t- I've I've photographed that area many times. In fact, um, I don't know. I should I should probably get us back on YouTube as a as a, a video version of the podcast. So we yeah you're not gonna be able to see this, but but I've got a I've got a Funko Pop version of the running Forrest Gump. Um, cause I think that, I think they came out with like two or three different ones. There's like one in his military uniform, but I've got the one where he's in his running shorts and I've actually photographed it down at Forrest Gump point a couple of different times. Oh my gosh. And, uh, so that's kind of a, that's kind of a fun one for me, but, okay. uh, but, but Hey, you got to go first. So you got Forrest Gump. Yes. Um, I'm going to go with big. All I'm right. Say, because this one, 
and I don't know. I, I'm sure that people can debate this and argue it, but to me, it seems like Big was the movie that if it didn't make him a star, it kind of elevated him in his stardom. Does that make sense? Where I think, I think, you know, he had been in a number of different, he had, you know, he'd already had several years of his career. He started off on TV and then was in a bunch of kind of, I remember him being in like bachelor party and dragnet and some of the kind of like mid eighties movies. But, but big was the one that, that I think kind of got him taken a little more seriously. And, you know, this, so, so this is the one, if you, if you haven't seen it, big is the one about, uh, there's there's a kid named named Josh Baskin and he's only like 12 years old and you know and he's he's just kind of in that place in life where everything is just a little bit out of reach you know because you're you're not a little kid but you're not big enough to really kind of inhabit the adult world yet mm-hmm. and so he finds this this magic kind of carnival act and he wishes that he were bigger and lo and behold, the next day he winds up and he's inhabiting an adult body. And Tom Hanks, of course, plays the adult version. And so Tom Hanks is basically playing a, you know, as an adult, he is playing a young kind of preteen boy. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he, he winds up having, getting kicked out of the house because his mom freaks out because there's this man in her son's room. And everybody thinks that the, the son has been or the boy has been kidnapped and. And so he winds up moving into the city and getting a job and hijinks follow, but it's, it's not just hijinks. It's real, you know, there's some real drama to it. And, uh, and you know, not, not just, it's, it's, it's not something I'm picking just because of its critical acclaim. I mean, I, I really do enjoy this one quite a bit, but, uh, um, it's not my favorite Tom Hanks movie though. I'm just picking it so that you don't take it first. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, but no, no, it's, it's a, it's a great sweet movie. Um, I don't know. I assume you had this one on your list as well. Yeah. Right? That, that, I mean, full disclosure, that was number five on my list. So I wasn't picking okay. it next, but it, it's definitely, it definitely would have made my, it would have made my seven. So yeah, I love it. Would it? Nice. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's pitch it over to you then. Okay. What, do you, what do you got? Um, Okay, so I this is kind of weird. History repeats itself. I'm picking the same movie that I picked for my second pick in our Spielberg draft. Ah, okay. Which is Saving Private Ryan. So, um, I it's funny. I don't really. It's not really like a Tom Hanks movie per se. I mean, I don't think of it as like right. a classic Tom Hanks performance. But it really did unlock a side of Tom Hanks I hadn't seen up to that point. Um, and maybe part of it was just he had never done a violent war movie or I mean, I don't know if he'd even done a war movie. You know, it was, it was kind of an unusual choice. I think when, when people first heard about it, when I had first heard about it and I know he was already, he'd already expanded beyond comedy by the early nineties, but he, um, you know, like he did Philadelphia in 93, for example, but it was, it was a new side of him. I mean, it was such a human performance about, and it's just kind of, again, classic dad movie trope, I guess, but, extraordinary guy put an extra an uh, ordinary guy put in an extraordinary circumstance and kind of rising to the occasion you know mm-hmm. being a captain captain john miller um where he has to lead all these guys on this almost insane mission at least when you do the math to try to save one guy putting the lives of eight guys at stake to try to find one guy just because all of his brothers had been you know killed in world war ii so, I mean, even that, that part of the, part of it makes it just look like, you know, why, why are we doing this? Like, um, 
And, and so you just, you really feel for this whole group of soldiers uh, finding the guy. And even when they first, when they finally meet him, the, the Private Ryan, who's played by Matt Damon, it's, they're kind of, they're almost kind of mad, you know, like they're, <laughs> they're not really happy that they had to do this mission. And, but you follow orders, you do the right thing. And, and it's, yeah. uh, he, he has a lot of great scenes, you know, in this mm-hmm. movie, like gripes go up, you know, how you don't, you don't complain to the people below you, you complain to your superiors, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, yeah. A lot of great. Now, doesn't, lines. isn't his character, isn't his character in like an English composition yeah. teacher? Yeah. Back, back. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I'll always identify with that, I guess. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he's like, I mean, he's not just a grunt, right? You know, he's a smart guy, but he's, he's, he's in the war now and he's trying to, trying to be a good warrior and a good leader. But yeah, back home, he's an English teacher and, uh, you learn a little bit about his home life, um, but it doesn't show any. It's not, you know, other than like sort of the opening and closing scenes of the movie when he, when uh, uh, Private Ryan is is an old, you know, an old bet. It's all takes place in, yeah. in the battle battle lines of World War II. Um, yeah. So great, great no, movie. No, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, and I kind of, I'm kind of glad you chose it. And I expected you to choose it. Yeah. Because it's a movie that I really like, but it's not one of my favorite Tom Hanks movies. Like I how would I put it? Like I like the movie. It's a good movie. I like Tom I like Tom Hanks in it. But when I think of my favorite Tom Hanks movies, it's not near the top of my list. Yeah. So so you were welcome to it. Yes. I had it really high <laughs> on my list. And again, it's weird. I don't really think of it as a like quote unquote Tom Hanks movie, but when I made yeah. my list, I I had it at number 2. So, yeah, yeah. I, I just love the movie so much. It's hard for me not to pick it. Well, and I mean, I guess you can say this with every one of these categories and certainly whatever ones we do in the future. But you know, when we say, "Okay, well, let's draft favorite Tom Hanks movies." the first handful of movies that come to mind are kind of the obvious ones, right? Like I think that Forrest Gump and Saving Private Ryan and even Big are some of the kind of his definitive movies. But I don't know that in, at least in this case, the definitive ones are necessarily my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't know, I, it might just be because of my personal connections to some of these films. So let's, let's keep it going. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with one that might be on your list, but probably isn't very high, but I'm going to go ahead and take it now anyway. I'm going to take Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is one I remember. um, Saw it several times in the theater. Really enjoyed. You know, I, I think, I mean, a lot of people, maybe kind of younger people, know, know You've Got Mail is the the one with him and Meg Ryan. But this is, this one was earlier. And this is, you know, he's, he is a, I think he's a widow, isn't he? Isn't, isn't it? Yeah. His wife die. Yeah. Yep. So he's a single dad in Seattle um, and, you know, kind of living on his own. And through the manipulation of his son, he winds up on some kind of a talk radio therapy session where the host is asking him questions about his life and his wife and all this. And Meg Ryan is on the opposite side of the country 
and she hears him bearing his heart, you know, bearing his soul on this radio program, falls in love with him, and then the universe conspires to get the two of them together, right? Because it's it's like this romantic comedy, and uh, I don't know. I'm I, I know it wasn't the first Tom Hanks movie that I saw, but I I think I want to say that this was one of his first movies that I really loved mm-hmm. and and really really enjoyed, and and of course he's he's just so well cast in this role because he's he's completely sympathetic he's you know he because he's also kind of playing the exasperated dad who's just oh this you know this kid is driving me nuts you know because he the the kid is like trying to to fix his dad's you know broken heart and all this and so there's there's kind of some some fun tension there but uh you know and a really great soundtrack i guess you know me being me i'm going to be paying attention to that kind of thing but yeah, honestly, like Sleepless in Seattle is going to be one of my top ones for for Mr. Hanks. Okay, so, I love no, it. Uh, no Oscar nominations, but uh, there you go. Well, I I mean, I thought it was maybe it wasn't. I was thinking maybe that was nominated in like the writing category, but it um, could have been. I I do I like that movie quite a bit. In fact, we, we I watched it. My wife and I watched it probably about a year ago, just as a just kind of as a random rewatch of a movie we both liked and. I think it kind of established Nora Ephron as sort of the queen of the romantic comedies because she had written When Harry Met yeah. Sally only four years uh, earlier. Right. And then she not only wrote, but she directed Sleepless in Seattle. So she kind okay. of had even okay. more of a hand in this movie. And those are two of the great... I mean, can we just stop and appreciate, so far out of these four movies, three of these are from the 90s, mid-90s, essentially. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, Tom Hanks really ruled the decade. Um, he He did. <laughs> I before we're done here though, well, well maybe not. There, there's this when we get done, I could kind of go through. I, I mean, he had a string of like hit like blockbuster movies almost every year for about eight years in a row, um, yeah. starting in the '80s. And so, yeah, it was he, it was a pretty amazing time for for Hank. So I'm I, yeah. I I'm going to go ahead and um, okay, go ahead. Pick okay, so I have two choices that I can't. I'm almost just going to have to flip a coin. Um, I think I'm just going to go with Castaway, partly okay. because I think that's his best performance. Um, and I, I, it's one of those movies that I, I look at, uh, you know, maybe should have won Oscar, should have won an Oscar type of movies. And I think maybe one of the only reasons he didn't is just because he'd already won two. It's like, that's enough already, you know? Okay. So I thought it was a great movie. It's, it's, you know, it's a, a, man, a story of a man who's marooned on an island um, after a plane crash and has to learn how to survive alone. And, and there just aren't a lot of actors alive who can carry a movie completely by themselves for a good 45, 50 minutes, like with no, no one else on screen and make it compelling. Yeah. And actually that's mm-hmm. probably the best parts of the movie or the scenes with, Wilson when he learns to make fire and he has to <laughs> kill fish and you know get food and just he loses a ton of weight um and he really did for the role uh you know he he transforms himself just looks completely different um and so anyway and and you know and and I know there are people who don't like the ending they wanted it to be more of a perfect wrap it up in a bow kind of ending but it felt more realistic to what would have happened you know oh yeah 
Yeah. Um, and so I, I really liked that ending. And uh, that, was, that was a good one. Yeah. I want to say I rewatched that myself, like probably within the last six months. Yeah. I. Oh, did you recently? I haven't seen it yeah. for a long time. Yeah. I, I need to watch it again. I, I I just thought it was really good. I think it was a it is. 2000 it is. or 2001 movie, but it was kind of at the end of his huge run of successes. So, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, that's another one that was, so that one was on my list, but it was a little farther down. So. Okay. Yeah. I, I had like sleepless. I had as an honorable mention, but I didn't have that as like one of my seven, but yeah. So I'm, man, I am playing with fire. (laughs) Okay. Uh, and maybe on that note, I'll take Apollo 13. Oh, okay. Um, and I'm still playing with fire, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Okay. <laughs> um, Apollo 13, another movie that I watched recently, again. Um, uh, this is, of course, the story of the, the... I don't even know if you can call it the failed mission to the moon. I mean, it, they failed in, they, in that they weren't able to land on the moon, but... This was this was the uh, Houston. We have a problem, mm-hmm. you know. The famous true life story of uh, Jim Lovell and the two other astronauts that were on their way to the moon. They were going to land. This is you know two two missions after uh, Neil Armstrong, um, and there was a there was a malfunction partway along the journey uh, that wound up not just canceling you know the mission effectively, but threatening their lives. And so there was a there were several days where. You know, they were working with Mission Control back home and trying to improvise uh, fixes as they're just kind of floating around in a in a bucket in space. You know, just I don't know. There there have been a number of movies more more recently. Uh, First Man and uh, uh, the Apollo 11 documentary that really have kind of blown me away as I've thought about just how how isolated and alone and crazy these missions really were you know mm. just this idea that it's just you and a couple other guys and you're just rocketing through space you know however many miles from home and you've got some sheet metal between you and the void and 1960s technology that just wow i'm i mean i i doubt that there's going to be many people who listen to this episode who haven't seen apollo 13 but, right um if you if, if you have not it is it, it's one of ron howard's best and you know this is this is a lead this is a lead role for hanks where you know honestly i you know certainly coming up against castaway i don't think this is going to be his best performance just because he doesn't have to carry as much weight um but i think this is kind of a a movie that people are very fond of when they think of it you know, mm-hmm. there's, uh, almost almost universally liked, if not always loved. But, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, and that was a Ron Howard directed movie, um, right? And uh, had a lot of big stars in it at the time, like Gary Sinise, who was in uh, Forrest Gump the year earlier with Tom uh-huh. Hanks, and Ed Harris, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, I liked that one. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that was that was an honorable mention for me. I didn't have it in my top, but it was it was a great movie mid nice. what was it 95 yeah 95 so, well so so you're getting ready for your fourth choice and you're basically going to be able to go right down one two three four in your on your list right 
Yeah, I mean, so far I am. So it sounds like we do have a quite a different list because um, I'm, I'm going one through four. I kind of did four out of order, so I'm taking three now, but it's going to be a Toy Story, uh, okay. which is also 95. Um, I, I thought about, well, should I take Toy Story 3 or, you know, or 4? Because like, they actually are amazingly good movies. I, I mean, it's, like, it's one of those series that did not get worse with each movie, like often happens, especially when you get up to 4. Um, but I, I'll just take the original because of just how groundbreaking it was and how cool it was to see that in the theater uh, when I was a senior in high school. And, um, or it might have been right before my senior year, I can't remember. So I graduated in 96, but... Yeah, that's it's it was such a neat story, even how that came to be. I mean, it took so long to make uh, for Pixar to do that, and the original plan for it was to have, to have the toys be much more cynical, to have it be a darker movie, mm. and they turned they decided to make it more of a innocent, you know, sweet movie about these toys that are, you know, of course they they come to life whenever the humans aren't around, and they all have sort of lives of their own uh, when the humans aren't around, but really their entire existence result revolves around their meaning or worth to a child you know as a, as yeah. a child's toy and then of course it creates friction between the famous buzz lightyear played by tim allen and and uh tom hanks plays woody the sheriff and um i mean it's it's amazing even even just how they how they did the scenes near the end of the movie where there there seems to be actual flying through the air and um uh anyway the, the aliens are hilarious. The little three-eyed aliens that are, you go to Pizza oh, right. Planet. And it, even my kids, I mean, it's an old movie. Because when you think about like people now, like kids now that are te- pre-teens, this movie is like ancient history to them, right? I mean, it came out in the 90s. My kids like it. And, and when we went to Disneyland recently, about a month ago, my son really wanted to go to Alien Pizza Planet. They have a pizza planet there at Disneyland. Okay. Where you can order the pizza <laughs> and they have this little theme stuff that's related to it. And and so that, that's one of the places we ate there on my birthday was Pizza Planet, which figures prominently in, in the film Toy Story. So That's fine. Um, and his, his voice work is great. I mean, he he's it's almost parodied now, like how he plays, plays Woody, but it's... Uh, yeah, it's really good. And it's funny, like there have been so many like merchandising and knockoffs and different video games, toys, you know, based on it. Apparently Tom Hanks' brother, who sounds just like him, voices Woody in other uh, oh. other things besides the actual Toy Story movies. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Because I know his son, Colin, has been in a lot of stuff. I didn't realize he had a brother who was... Brother, yeah, Jim. In the business. Jim Hanks. I don't know if he's Jim like... Hanks fully in the business maybe a little <laughs> bit but yeah apparently he sounds enough like tom hanks he can he can do you know like woody voice work and stuff sounds good okay so i mentioned earlier that i was playing with fire okay um the reason oh i think i know what you're gonna pick <laughs> oh no 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 oh. um well possibly i guess so is it are you I playing with am... fire coming out of a volcano Okay, well, maybe that maybe that makes my next choice because, <laughs> because I am three picks in and I haven't chosen any of the top three movies on my list yet. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, because I don't think that they're movies that you'll choose. And so I almost thought, like, like with Forrest Gump, that, oh, maybe I should take some of these other ones first okay. to make sure that I get some of the other kind of the bigger ones. 
because I don't think that that you're going to be. Of course, now that you've kind of. Well, this is interesting because I, I really don't think because I I don't. I mean, I felt like mine were conventional picks, but I could be wrong. Like, I, it sounds like maybe we we have a different view of like what Hank's you know kind of his his best work or best films. Because I do, I really do have my top four well, so far. Um, and and, that's and Big was five. I'm, so I, I was, didn't pick them. I didn't pick them based on what I think his best movies are. I picked my favorite Tom Hanks movies. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, that's that's what I mean. It's like. It's not necessarily that, oh, these are the most like impressive performances. These are like the best, you know, acclaimed movies. It's like, no, these are my favorite movies that Tom Hanks is in. Okay. And I, and so. I mean, I think yeah. I have that too, though, because even looking at my four right now versus your four, these are definitely my favorites ahead of those four. I, I mean, three. Oh, so you're just saying that your taste isn't as good as mine. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, big, I had big at number five. So you've got okay. that one. That okay. was your first pick. So I oh, had yeah. that. Well, and, and Forrest, Forrest Gump, I my my working list, I had that as number four. So okay. that's that's one that I think we we shared. Yeah. Um, but I'm just I'm going to go to my number one All now right. that now that you've kind of hinted at it. I f- I'm a little scared. I so think I'm going to make sure I'm going to get it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I've got to, I've got to take Joe versus the volcano. Okay. Um, that one that and that is my number one Tom Hanks movie. Uh, this one. So when I was talking about Sleepless in Seattle before, um, I mentioned that a lot of people kind of think of uh, You've Got Mail as the definitive. Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan movie. Um, Sleepless in Seattle came before that, but the first time that those two performed together was in, I believe it was 1990. John Patrick uh, Shanley was the uh, writer-director, same guy who wrote Moonstruck, and he wrote and and directed this movie called Joe vs. the Volcano, which I absolutely adore. I mean, it it might be on my top 10 all-time movie list. Um, oh wow okay not because it's the kind of thing that's going to win awards i mean it actually kind of bombed in its day it was kind of seen almost as kind of a joke but i don't know if you if you open up your heart to this movie i just love it um so so basically uh tom hanks is playing you know this guy named joe and he works at this dead-end job um, I think it's actually a factory that, that builds rectal probes. Like it's, it's really like it's it's very offbeat. Like it's a comedy, but it's also kind of macabre and kind of deadpan. And and I can see why a lot of people didn't embrace it at the time because it's it's a little weird. Um, but he starts off in this miserable condition, and he's he's kind of you know he, he always thinks he's sick. You know he, he's kind of got that that going on and. He goes to a doctor who diagnoses him with a brain cloud. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, your problem is you have a brain cloud. It's like a brain cloud, you know, and 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 determines that it's fatal, right? So he only has a month to live. And then uh, Lloyd Bridges, who, my goodness, just one of anything Lloyd Bridges does is awesome and adorable. He's this this wealthy, you know, independently wealthy, crazy man. And he comes and convinces Joe to sail across the ocean to this remote island 
and sacrifice himself in a volcano on behalf of Lloyd Bridges' business interests with the idea that, well, you're going to die anyway. Why don't you take a great trip, have a good time, and et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so in the process, Joe meets three different characters, all played by Meg Ryan, and ultimately leading to the, you know, the third one, which is kind of like this is where the, you know, the romance of the romantic comedy comes from. Um, and it's this, it's kind of this, it's not a coming of age story. It's, it's almost kind of like a coming to terms with your life story. And, and it's, it's weird. And, you know, like I said, it's very, it's, it's kind of macabre. It's, it's, it's very offbeat. Um, not very common for comedies in the eighties and, and not even now at all. But if you kind of let it sink in, I just, oh my gosh, this is such a fun, sweet, mm. cool movie. And, uh, yeah, so so Joe versus the volcano, I I love that one. That's okay. that is my you know, and it's 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 much more of the kind of the early phase wacky Tom Hanks yeah. stuff. Like this is this is not him doing anything that's going to get Oscar nominations. These these are not groundbreaking characters or anything like that. This is Tom Hanks being Tom Hanks um, of the of the late eighties, early nineties, and. Uh, but it's great. Yeah. It's great. I love it. Joe versus Volcano. So I, I, I guess maybe I, I am one of those people that didn't open up my heart to it. And I might have inadvertently psyched you out into choosing the movie, which I don't know why oh, I would I'm have sure had you wouldn't to do have taken that it. because it was your favorite movie. But I, that one just did not work for me. I remember when I, yeah. I saw in the theater, I guess I would have been 11 or I came out in 1990. So I would have been about 12. And it was so weird. And so uh -huh. like it was offbeat. And I don't think I quite got the comedy. Maybe I was waiting for it to be like extremely like laugh out loud funny. And it's almost like an existential right. comedy about death. Yeah. Right. Like you said, coming to terms with very, your own very deadpan reality. Yes. And, and then like the, just what happens, I'm not going to spoil it, but it just, this, there's a scene that's so ridiculous that I was like, this, are they really doing this? And I don't know for me, it just didn't, it just didn't work, but I wonder if that's one I should watch again. Cause I don't think I've seen it since my theater since seeing it I was going to say years ago, if you, yeah, um, if you only saw it as a 12 year old, yeah, it's, I mean, this, this is not going to propel it to the top of your Tom Hanks list. I, I don't expect it to be on most people's, but I'll probably like it more. Yeah. I, I would venture to say that you would like it a lot more and I'm excited to see what you think when, uh, when you, when you do get a chance to rewatch it. I wonder, you know, it'd be fun is we should do a thing where we like give each other a movie that the other person has to watch. Whether even yeah. if it's a movie we haven't seen before or whatever, right. but like that would be a that would be something to do because I, I will I'll watch that one again. I, I no I, yeah I don't I just yeah, was at given, the wrong age or something I don't know. No, and that's I mean that's a real thing you know I mean I I wouldn't expect I wouldn't have got it when I was twelve, mm -hmm. not even close. I mean that it's it's a movie that you can really only absorb properly as an adult. Yeah, and and so so I'd put that one on the list, but in the meantime. Your okay. turn. All right. What you got? Well, I'm I'm gonna keep going down my list. I guess I'll just be consistent with where I'm. I put my movies <laughs> as the rankings go, and I've I've got Captain Phillips, uh, oh. which was a amazing just thriller by Paul Greengrass, who did United '93, which is one of my all-time favorites. Yep. Um, yep. And it's a scary movie about a, a you know 
Tom Hanks again playing a captain whose ship gets uh, overtaken uh, by by Somali pirates, uh, one of whom is very scary. In fact, it's funny. My sons were talking about this. I look at me. I am the captain meme that they're yeah. seeing. It's like Mario does it now. It's a meme. And I was like, did you know that's from Captain Phillips? And they're like, what? Like, I don't even know what I'm talking <laughs> about. Like, that's funny. That's being parodied like 10 years later or whatever, nine years later. Um, it's a 2013 release. And it's it's one of these where Tom Hanks had a long line and where he played a whole bunch of real characters in a row of a bunch of movies in like a five, mm-hmm. six year period where it's like he's playing Sully, the pilot. He's yeah, playing right, Walt Disney. Right. He's playing this captain, Captain Phillips. And um, just kind of he found his niche, you know, uh, of what kind of roles really work for him. And I, I thought it was just such a great suspenseful thriller he shows real emotion in it. I mean, he breaks down basically, and uh, it's yeah, it's pretty scary. That's that's what I was gonna say. And this and this one was on my list, so you mm. you did manage to nab one of mine. It was Sweet. it wasn't one of the top three, but it, it was one that I was hoping to get uh, um, almost exclusively for the scene that you referenced. Um, uh, it's I don't know. There's I guess there's no real way to kind of talk around it, but uh but that but there is a scene in the movie where there is an emotional breakdown mm-hmm. and just for that performance alone i will always remember that as one of the most vivid tom hanks moments you know i i don't remember him getting nominated or anything for that movie he wasn't um that was considered a it snub. was a yeah it was a good it was a very good movie it was a very good year mm-hmm. um but uh yeah but not but not one of his most decorated roles but but that that little window in there where where he's just kind of just kind of losing it finally yeah, it's so is, heartbreaking he yeah he that and, was incredible and he does it it's funny like for for as beloved as he is kind of as kind of the american everyman actor sort of that mm-hmm. we have today he he doesn't have very many oscar nominations and he has two wins and even like that movie, I mean, it was it was nominated for best picture, best screenplay. This uh, the supporting actor who plays the head Somali pirate, he was nominated. Yeah, oh, um, he was good too. He was great, but yeah, Hanks wasn't. But it, it's, I mean, I think it's one of his probably top five performances. Period. Yeah. Nice, nice. Okay, so I think I'm going to go in order as well. Um, I'm gonna kick back. I, I I don't know. Maybe it's a little silly following up Captain Phillips with this. Okay. Um, but uh, my next choice is the Burbs. Oh dang it! That's <laughs> I was I was hoping to get that, that one. Yeah. Was that one? I love okay. the Burbs. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. I think this one probably was like eighty eight, eighty nine, somewhere in there. Um, so you know, around the time of Big, around the time of Joe versus the volcano, this is very much the. Tom Hanks is kind of just this side of his sanity. He's, he's kind of the, the straight lead, but, but well, so, so the burbs refers to the suburbs. Mm -hmm. Uh, he, he plays this, you know, this, this dad who's just kind of on this cul-de-sac out in the middle of the suburbs and Carrie Fisher is his wife. And, and he's got a bunch of wacky neighbors who are always trying to get him into trouble. And, and, uh, uh, there's a, a creepy family next door that everybody suspects is up to no good. And they think that they're actually like murdering people and burying them in the backyard. It's this kind of, I mean, it's not a Halloween movie, but it is kind of a creepy, spooky comedy in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you know just really just kind of meant to poke fun at the you know suggest that all oh, the, the suburbs seems like it's all pretty and nice and and clean on the outside but it really hides all of this internal craziness and it's not just the craziness of the people living to live next door but like kind of the the craziness inside tom hanks that is willing that is bubbling up because i don't know i mean i guess you could say it's almost a little bit condescending towards suburban life yeah like so many hollywood productions are but this is still just an adorable movie i want to say it's from joe dante it is uh the same yeah same guy who did inner space one of my all-time favorites did gremlins um yeah and I, I guess this is another one of those ones, and and I'm I'm really kind of tipping my hand as far as my favorite Tom Hanks era because uh-huh. yeah. as much as I appreciate the Castaways and the Captain Phillips and the Saving Private Ryan and you know uh, e- even like Forrest Gump, like my favorite stuff is when Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks and mm-hmm. and he's just this the fun everyman that everybody kind of fell in love with, and and the Burbs is a great fun example that. If you, if you have not seen it, and I'm guessing that there probably will be some people listening to this who have not. Yeah, I know. I, I was I would I was wanting to spoil it, but then I realized it's it's a little known movie in a lot of ways. And yeah, I don't. I yeah. bet there's a lot who haven't seen it who need to discover it. And it's good to see it as an adult. I see that's one that I did not see when it came out. I saw it on the recommendation okay. of my friend Mike Forsberg when I was probably 18 or 19, um, and just I loved it. It's so funny and so weird. <laughs> it's yeah you have a very tight grouping i'm looking at your list and you have five <laughs> movies in an eight-year window Do you I? know like you, it's you've got a type you have a tom hanks type um they're all yeah. from 88 to 95 so far you know with two picks okay. left okay um, yeah no that's uh well and i have to admit i'm a little bit nervous about your next choice because I mean, I've only got have one movie left that I really, really want. Okay, well, see if I get it. I and so uh, I've got two picks left, and I have about four or five movies that I'd love to pick. So I'm just going to have to hopefully get two of the ones I want. You might get one, but um, I'm going to go ahead and pick Catch Me If You Can. Oh, okay. Which is uh, one again? It's kind of weird. This is one I picked in our last draft, the Spielberg draft, and I think it was around number six or seven, which is. It's kind of a weird coincidence, but in fact, let me check, see where I picked it. Oh yeah, that's so funny. I picked it sixth. So um, yeah, I mean out of ten, but I I like it. I just it's a, it, again, it's kind of a different. He's not the protagonist. Uh, many of these movies that we've named, at least pretty much all of my movies, he's the star. He, he's the top billing actor in yeah. this one. I think he's kind of second fiddle to Leonardo DiCaprio, but right. he's still. It's a two-hander, and he, uh, you know, he's the the chaser with with Leo as the chasee, the fugitive, who's sort of playing at the con man of all these different roles, and and uh, you know, Carl Hanratty with this Boston accent has to <laughs> has to track him down, and um, so it's kind of a comedy con man caper type of movie, um, not like a special performance, but it's just a fun Spielberg. Yeah. Uh, movie that I think is great movie to see in a theater and a lot of kind of fun, funny crowd pleasing moments that I, I really enjoyed uh, mostly involving Leonardo DiCaprio, but there's a few involving the conversations between Hanks and DiCaprio, like when he calls him on Christmas um, and 
Carl Hanratty, you know, played by Tom Hanks, starts laughing because he realized that DiCaprio doesn't have anyone else to call. He's calling his pursuer. Um, and uh, yeah, so yeah, there's there's I, I think that's a you know, it's a good. good oh, that's one. a that's a that that one was on my list. It was a little lower. Mm -hmm. It was not the one I was afraid you would take. So, oh, so okay. that's good. Um, but it does make me wonder what I'm going to pick last because this this one I'm going to name right now is really the last one that I really wanted. Okay. Like my 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 serious Tom Hanks list is probably only about five movies long. Um, I like lots of his movies. I mean, I I don't know that I've seen any of his movies that I disliked, but when I think about like my Tom Hanks Hall of Fame, there's there's a short list that uh that i'm i'm getting most of but uh so my so my i guess my second to last choice is that thing you do oh okay um, what was it 1996 1997 um this is one that i did not see in the theater i didn't see it until years later um but this is the one and so and so tom hanks this is i mean i think of all of the movies we have named so far this is the one where he plays the smallest role uh -huh. uh, because this is this is the story this this is kind of the the love letter to 1960s music uh the, the 1960s music culture it's about a a band um that just kind of lucks into superstardom with they're 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 one hit wonders. They, the band is actually called the Wonders. Right? So very <laughs> yeah. you know very on the you know on the nose kind of tongue in cheek, and they they come up with this song called "That Thing You Do," that becomes this this big smash and and gets them on a a big tour with a lot of other famous acts, and they you know they it's it's kind of like the rise and fall overnight success type thing, and just the story of how this band kind of comes out of nowhere makes it big and falls apart almost immediately because the business is so awful and, and eats people alive. And, uh, I guess I'm, you know, <laughs> giving away quite a bit, but, um, Tom Hanks plays, uh, kind of their first big time manager. They've got one manager who manages to kind of get them recorded and get them on the radio. And then once they kind of pick up steam, Tom Hanks steps in He's kind of the guy in the suit with the sunglasses who knows all the people, has all the connections, runs the runs the tour, and he he gets them into the big time. And uh, this is just one where, you know, I mean there aren't yeah there there are quite a few movies about bands and about yeah. being in a band. Um, so it's not that that small of a genre, but even so, this is one of my favorite movies you know for anybody who's had any experience being in a band this is such a fun movie because it knows so much mm -hmm. and it has so many little little truths and um you know the the thing that really kind of gets them going is when they they change drummers yeah and uh, just like the beatles and, right <laughs> right well but in this case the drummer is the one who has the idea because the original version of that thing you do the song was was kind of like a slow ballad mm -hmm. and he comes in and he's like no nah, this has got to be a fast song and so when they perform it live for the first time at like this local talent show he just starts playing it fast and and everybody else is kind of freaking out but they kind of go along with it and of course the crowd just goes wild and like that's what you know everything takes off and 
And so you you see a lot of the movie through his uh, guy is the name of the character, mm-hmm. and isn't it guy? Yeah, and uh, you, you see a lot of things through his through his perspective, and and he has a great scene at the end uh, with a with a fellow musician that I I won't I won't spoil because if you haven't seen it you gotta, okay. but it's it's it one of the one of the greatest truths about being in a band that I've ever ever oh, seen okay. on film, but uh, yeah, so I'm gl- I'm glad I could get that one again. I mean I don't know that there's anybody out there that would put that thing you do on their top 10 list of, of Tom Hanks movies other than me. But I, I don't know. You know, it's, it's funny because I'm going through your list mm-hmm. and I think that like, if we put this one out and say, okay, who won the draft? I think most people are going to say you won it hands down, like far and away, but I adore my choices. Uh-huh. I absolutely. Well, and you have choices. to, right? I mean, cause it's not a yeah. pick of the greatest movies ever made. It's like movies you want. Like what if, what if yeah. you? What if your list was the movies that you had to watch? The only Tom Hanks movies you were allowed to watch from now on yeah. versus my list, yeah. right? Right. I think well, you those would be the ones that. I choose. Um, okay, those, so those yeah, yeah, I liked that one. one. I mean, that wasn't on my list, but I I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I did see it in the theater, and uh, yeah, I guess a lot of the jokes. I I've never been in a band, so you probably understood better than I do. But I hear a lot of the um, the the you know stereotypes or whatnot that. Uh, of oh, what yeah. happens to bands when they <laughs> they break up or they have their creative little infighting, differences. creative differences. Uh-huh. Yep. They make yep. fun of the guy who has to be alone with his principles and even the band name <laughs> gets confusing, the Oneters, the Oneters. The, the yeah. <laughs> I there's a lot of just funny jokes in it. Um but yeah, Tom Hanks doesn't have a big role in it, but he did write and direct it. So it's a good choice. Yeah, too. yeah. Like, well, and it was one of the movies like his his company is called Playtone and that is oh. that's like the fictional label that that the band plays on okay like the 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 playtone galaxy of stars or something i think they're calling it cool uh, anyway okay your turn okay so i'm gonna go with the green mile um oh yeah 99 this is frank darabont who also did uh shawshank redemption in 94 so he also he directed another spiel uh stephen king adaptation um this one has more supernatural elements, but also takes place in a prison where you have some, you know, innocent, maybe prisoners and sadistic guards. And it's a kind of one of those stories of redemption and, you know, good guys getting what they deserve, bad guys getting what they deserve. Um, and then Tom Hanks is, is a guard that's kind of in the middle of it all and um, has to, he's in charge of guarding a prisoner who may possibly have have supernatural powers or have powers to heal and um his uh he's the 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 character is michael clark duncan who actually has passed away in the last few years and he plays a man named john coffee who has the same initials as jesus christ um i don't think that's unintentional anyway i really liked it it's one of those magical movies for me and it was one that, of course, I loved when I saw when I when it came out in '99 when I would have been in my early 20s, and I watched it again uh, with with my wife a few years ago just to kind of see. It was probably eight or ten years ago now we watched it, and it completely held up. Like I, I didn't know how it would be because I I could see how some might see it as a little bit corny maybe, but for me it just totally worked again. Like I, I just loved the whole thing, and uh, it's a very interesting movie. Um, yeah, I. Yeah, that's that's my choice. So, man, when I'm looking no. at our list, I know you have one more, but wow, I cannot believe how many movies we have from the '90s. Again, I think Hanks just ruled that decade. Like, well, 
One, two, yeah. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> nine out of our 13 choices. And there are some that aren't going to get chosen. I know. I, I'm going to name a couple here in a minute. But well, yeah. I mean, so so I'm, I, I'm, while you're talking, I'm actually scanning through his list one more time just to make sure. Just to I make sure you didn't miss anything. anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, because there are some that I probably would consider if I had seen them. And I think you mentioned this too, is that there's a couple of Hank's movies that you haven't seen that are a little bit more well-known. I, I have never seen Philadelphia. I believe that was the first movie he won best yeah, actor for. It is. Um, so I can't, I can't choose that one. Um, I don't think I've actually seen splash front to back. Oh, I mean, that okay. was, that was one of his first early kind of big, that, big movies. I mean, um, that pardon the pun, but that kind of is his splash. That's his first starring right. role. And it was a, it was a big hit, huge hit. So it helped propel him into other roles and it's a good, yeah. it's a good movie. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no. So, you know, looking through this again, just making sure, I think I'm actually going to have to jump to a much more recent option. Um, cause I see a lot of other ones that I do like that, uh, that I think would be perfectly good choices is, oh, here's a, here's a good Tom Hanks movie. But I think uh, with only one selection left, I'm going to go with Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood with him uh, playing Fred Rogers a couple of years ago. The, oh, the movie okay. about Mr. Rogers. All yeah, right. and which, which is almost easy to confuse because there was the documentary and then there was the live action movie that he starred in. And they came out like really close. I, I want to say like one was one year and the other one was the next year. Um, and I can't remember which one was which, honestly. Okay. Uh, but... Uh, but no, in Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. And here again, I almost want to say he's a supporting role because it's the movie is built more about this journalist who is interviewing Fred Rogers and kind of him reconciling his own issues. And he's got, I think he's got you know, like an estranged relationship with his father and stuff. This is, you know, I'm obviously, you know, not picking my, my top Tom Hanks movie here because I'm trying to reconstruct some of the stuff in my head. <laughs> but But I mean, the thing I do remember about that movie is just that, Tom Hanks plays a seamless performance as Fred Rogers and, and he embodies, you know, I mean, like so many people from our generation, you know, I grew up watching Mr. Rogers neighborhood and I'm very well aware of who, who that man was and the vibe he put out and, uh, just kind of how, you know, I mean, I don't remember being like a huge Mr. Rogers fan, but like everybody that I knew growing up in that era you know, we, we watched Sesame Street, we watched Mr. Rogers, um, you know, uh, Muppets were on, Muppets were like more kind of like a uh, main, main network show. But uh, yeah, I think, I think he did a fantastic job. Like that's, that's, that's one where I think more about his performance than it's just like, I love the movie itself. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm, so maybe we can kind of bust out of the nineties. Yeah. I mean, that's, so I haven't seen that one. That's my biggest blind oh, spot. Okay. And so I, okay. I would like to see it. That's probably the one I am most ashamed that I haven't seen because I, I think I'll like it. Um, and that was 2019. That's the year that we keep talking about. That's the best year in recent memory. Oh, right. Movies. Right. Um, so, yeah, that one looks good. Looks like it's yeah. going to be a good one. No, no, there's, you know, I mean, I think he did a good job in Elvis, though I wouldn't, you know, put that. Right. I, even though I would say that's a it's a good movie, I wouldn't put it anywhere near my list of favorite Tom Hanks movies. 
Um, you, I think, I, well, maybe you mentioned, I can't remember if you mentioned it on recording or off off the air, but uh, I think you mentioned News of the World. Right, yeah. You know, that was a good one. I um, love that I mean, one. That's kind you know, of, that's one of my good. honorable mentions is News of the World. Okay. It's a, it's, I mean, he was, he's good in all of the, all of the Da Vinci Code. Yeah. You know, there's that one and Angels and Demons and Inferno and. I think my problem with that is after reading the books, it it wasn't my, the Mm. picture in my mind. So I'm not saying he was miscast or anything as Robert Langdon, but it just wasn't, it just wasn't what was my, my mind's picture when I read those, you know, kind of thrilling, fast paced cliffhanger books about symbolism and stuff. So, you know, they're, they're fine. Um, News of the world. He's good in the terminal. The terminal. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Steven Spielberg said he thinks that's Tom Hanks' greatest performance. And he knows that no one agrees with him, but he's just like, he plays <laughs> Victor Navorsky from Krakowia, uh-huh. this fictional Eastern European country that's in turmoil. And he thinks that just the way that he embodied this non-American character, but still like is able to win America's heart and and be a very sympathetic character is just, he loves it. You know, and yeah. he, he directed him in it, but um, right. it was funny because it was kind of a, it didn't do too well, but it, I, I saw it recently for the first time and I, I thought it was fun. I thought it was a good, yeah. good charmer. Um, I almost, I mean, I considered a league of their own. I um, thought you were going to pick that. That's one I would have thought you were, I was kind of predicting yeah. you would pick, but. Well, I mean, that's definitely one of the movies that delivered one of his most iconic lines. You know, <laughs> There's no crying in baseball. There's, there's no crying in yeah. baseball. Um, but I, I can't say that the movie was one of my favorites. I mean, it, it's a good movie. I definitely, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a fun, it's a fun sports movie. Uh, you know, it's good, but it's, it's not one of my, one of my favorite Tom Hanks movies, at least not uh, top seven. Yeah. So I, like the, the, the only ones that I would have taken if you hadn't got them first would have been uh, uh, Forrest Gump and Castaway and Captain Phillips. Like I probably would have put those three okay all all ahead of beautiful day in the neighborhood um but the six that i got were definitely ones that i you know might have chosen so yeah uh, yeah for me interesting for me i think of yours i would have picked big and the burbs um big was definitely in my top five and then the burbs is i i I kind of thought you would go there but i was hoping you wouldn't because it's sort of a, a hidden gem classic very early in his career um and uh you know some of the other honorable mentions i guess you did mention a league of their own that's an honorable mention sleepless in seattle you had um news of the world i i read that book and then i saw the movie uh where he he plays this is he a captain again i can't remember he's jefferson kyle or jefferson kid who was who was in world war ii who was kind of a he you've seen it right have you, have you have seen, the seen news of the world news of the world yes okay yeah. yeah so you know how it goes from town to town reading the news and then he becomes tasked with taking this right. young girl kind of to right. her uh some biological relatives of hers but not relatives who've raised her oh, yeah and it's a kiowa she was been she'd been kidnapped by a kiowa tribe and so she's she's originally like a german-speaking girl but then she learns kiowa from the age of like four to nine or ten so it's a really interesting movie and book about like identity like who do we identify with because you know she's she's light-skinned but 
she considers the Indians her family. And so she well, it's feels like, the like searchers. Yeah, it's kind of like searchers, right? The John Ford one. But she kind of feels like she's been kidnapped again in a way. And so it's sort of a yeah. sad kind of interesting. And there's some really beautiful haunting images in the, in the movie, too. Um, like there's a scene where there's like a storm at night and you see the Indians across a ford sort of silhouetted in the rain and she sees them and she's screaming toward them. She wants to go with her, what she considers to be her people. But um, she, anyway, it's a, it's a Tom Hanks kind of as a grizzled old guy movie, which is <laughs> no, now more what he's consigned to be apparently with a man called Otto yeah. or a man named Otto. Uh, um, Bridge of well, Spies I'm, I also had in there. As yeah, an honorable that was mention. a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, there's, there's plenty of good ones. Yep. But, uh, no, I think we, I think we got the best ones though. We definitely yeah. got the best ones. There's, I mean, there are really a lot. Like, I, I think when we look at both of our lists, because this didn't really happen with our other two drafts, it shows that there's so many good Hanks movies. It's not one of these yeah. guys where it's just like, well, there's a clear two or three, or there's maybe only just a small handful. But he has a lot of. Uh, I mean, I think I read that other than the Marvel people, he's like number one box office as an actor or something like that um, as far as what his movies have made. So very, as I was looking through this list, as I was looking through just like his comprehensive list, there was really only one movie that I came across that was like, okay, there's no way I'm choosing that. Oh, what what was it? And that was, that was lady killers. Oh yeah. That was horrible. I don't even have that written. I reviewed that for the Utah Statesman. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a Coen brothers remake of an Alec Guinness movie, right? From mm -hmm. the fifties or the sixties just and did not wow. work yeah just I so mean, dumb you would you would think that the coen brothers plus tom hanks would equal anything awesome right just anything they put together should be fantastic and that movie was not <laughs> yeah it it's not that would that was a swing and a miss he really hasn't had a lot of misses or if he has i haven't seen him you know other than yeah. lady killers but yeah yeah well all right well there's another draft in the bag and another uh, hour and a half plus episode of the Utah Film Pod. Uh, thanks for joining us as always. And be sure to uh, leave us a positive review uh, once you take a nap and catch up on some sleep, get some, get some rest after listening to this one. Uh, but no, hope, you're, hope your new year is off to a great start. And uh, we're looking forward to another 12 months of some, some good movies and some schlockbusters and plenty of stuff in between. And uh, wherever you're at, take care, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.